All right, it says we're live on Facebook. So let me get this started. Oops, hold on. As usual, the fun at the beginning of the show where we never have our act together. We're starting late. And that darn Dr. Kevin hasn't even showed up yet. Uh, hey, 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 hey. Watch it. I'm here. I'm here. I thought you were Rain Thomas. No. I am. I am. Uh, Santa Claus. Santa Claus. In a world of divisiveness, we bring you diversity. In a world of hate, we bring you love. In a world of fear, we inspire you to live. And now, laughing, loving, and alive with your hosts, Rain Thomas, Elmer J. Howard, and Dr. Kevin. Welcome, welcome. I am the Grinch. I am Santa Ho Ho. Merry, happy Ho Ho. And speaking of ho hoes, where's Rain? Uh, yeah, I know. I Waiting, I gotta get her the Zoom link. She's gonna try to join on her phone. Uh, copy the link, text it to her. So hopefully she'll be joining us any moment once I get this link to her. So Dr. Kevin, how has your last few weeks been? Well, it's been busy, it's been crazy, it's been all sorts of stuff. Um, and I actually have a, uh, was going to ask uh, a question of you and rain. And I don't know if I should wait until rain gets on or whether I should just go ahead. So actually I'll start with how has your last couple of weeks been there? Elmer J Howard. Pretty good. Um, yeah, we're got the final cut of the movie it's just now off to our composer who's doing the score so hopefully i have that you know in the next week or so and we can start um putting it out to the festivals um i also have a, a woman who's going to do three trailers for us so once um, we get the movie back uh, fully composed we will uh, with the score we will uh get this ball rolling and feel like it's been longer than then I would like it to be, but it's moving. Um, and other than that, just been uh, trying to survive the cold. And Rain says, can you see or hear me? She might be an attendee. Yeah, she's an attendee. She didn't. <laughs> Let me bring her, see if I can bring her in. Bring her in. Bring her in. I'm going to promote her to panelists. There we go. That lets me promote her to panelists. So she should be joining here in a second. There she is. Unmute yourself. Unmute yourself. There we go. <laughs> Yay. I don't know what's going on here. We just upgraded everything. I know. It sounds like every every few weeks you say that and then you're like, you get kicked off the, the internet again. I know. I mean, we just upgraded. We got the brand new modem and everything two days ago. CenturyLink so, sucks. So tell us, how has your last two weeks been with CenturyLink? <laughs> yeah, we've been trying to resolve this problem for four months. And then finally, they tell us it's resolved. And you see how this is working. 
So yeah, let me cool. guess, four weeks, four weeks is like a century with them, right? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, tonight is like a century with them, actually. So I, I had questions I wanted to ask uh, both of you, which is, as I'm sitting here trying to get this done before Christmas, since I'm knitting my Christmas gifts, some of my Christmas gifts. Um, hi there, Elbow, whoever you are. <laughs> that's, that's my husband. He says, hi, Elbow. <laughs> he says, hi. He's trying to fix this internet debacle. What are you knitting or crocheting? No, I'm knitting right now. It's a sweater. I mean, it's a, not a sweater. It's a scarf. For you, for who? Is it for Elmer? Is that? No, 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 no. It's for Jeff's Aunt Sue. Oh, okay. Does she know she's getting it? Is she watching this? No, no. <laughs> this is past her bedtime. She's not watching this. Okay. So, so yes, so she won't know that this is what she's getting. I try to make two or three gifts every year. I made a chair cover for my father-in-law. I crocheted it because his chair was beat up, but he loved it. It was just it had all the right bulges for him to sit in. So I just crocheted a whole cover for his chair that I'm going to slip on it on Christmas Day in his favorite color. So oh, but. I always try to, yeah, I always try to make some kind of, I always try to make some part of my gifts, um, you know, whether it's cooking or one year I grew herbs and made dipping oils for people or things like that. So anyways. Well, I got to get closer to you so you can come in so I can get whatever it is you're making. Maybe you can help me with the internet when you get here. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin? Uh yeah, that's an hey, hey, hey now. I'm on I'm I'm on sometimes just barely, but I'm on. Uh and it has oh. nothing to do with the internet in my case. So this is the last show we're gonna have before Christmas. So I have a yes, it is. Are you sure? <laughs> we don't have another we, we don't have another one for 14 days. What is today's date? Thirteenth, so the twenty seventh will be our next one, right? So we'll have one yes. more this year, though, right? So that'll be the, no, the I, last one of the year. I, that's the wow. last one of the year, but this is the last one before Christmas, and so I wanted to, without taking too much time, because I know we have an exciting guest on who's doing some great stuff, and so I want to bring him in. Um, but I wanted to ask, uh, what in this time of year makes you laugh? that you really love and makes you feel alive. What in the Christmas season does those things? Elmer. Is that for me or for Elmer? Both of you. It is for okay. both of you. I so, think that this, go ahead. so go ahead. What's the question again? So, <laughs> what this time of year, so what in the Christmas season makes you laugh? Let me just do this simply. I, 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 I should have known better than to put too much information out. Well, you know, so, you know, someone has to run the technicals of, you know, this, this show. So we get just, I get easily distracted on these things. What makes me laugh. Get easily <laughs> distracted, period. Go ahead. Oh, that's true. <laughs> uh, well, what makes me laugh during this, this holiday season. Um, the thing that pops in my mind is, I don't know, some of the Christmas shows, you know, there's some, there's some funny, entertaining Christmas shows out there. Okay. Rain, what makes you laugh this time of year? You know what? It's um, 
I think it's the overall season. It, you know, for everybody this year, or at least for most people, it, it, it was kind of a downer. I mean, you know, people, the people who weren't afraid started scaring other people. So it was nice to see people caroling and doing virtual shows and watching whatever it is, Dr. Kevin, you're doing right now. It looks like that game. Remember when you put your string on the fingers and then you did Cat's Cradle and... <laughs> so everything about the Christmas spirit makes me laugh. I, I like, you know, I'm hoping everybody will have a wonderful holiday that will make them laugh and feel good too. Um, in spite of everything that's been going on in 2012 or 2012, 2020. Yes. 2012. Isn't that the Incan last, you know, year on the calendar thing? <laughs> Come on. I can't remember. What do you want me to do? <laughs> Let's just hope they weren't dyslexic and it's not coming 2021. Right. Oh dear. No, definitely not. Um, so what, what about you, Dr. Kevin? Well, you know, one of the things that, that one of the things that makes me laugh is the responses I get. And you haven't seen it yet, Rain. So I'm going to stand up for a second. I got to get back here a little bit in my new studio <laughs> that I set up. So today's shirt oh. is, says, "Me ate your gift, Cookie." I love it. I have a. Whole, Did you make that? Nope. But I have a whole collection of Christmas shirts. I've got. Yoda and it's dressed up as Santa. I've got the abominable snowman. I got two or three Snoopies. I got some Mickey's. I've got official mistletoe tester. I've got a uh, minion dressed up going, don't judge me, Santa. Uh, so part of what brings me laughter is all of the responses I get when I go out in my Christmas hat. There was this adorable little boy across the street he started waving at me and he's yanking at his parents to come across the street so he can see me when I was out walking today. I love it. Which of course they didn't want to do, which I understood with everything going on. But, you know, I just waved and I went, ho, 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 giggled and laughed. And he thought that was great. So I find my, I, so this is what I find is bringing laughter through the Christmas season is what makes me laugh. I love, love it. What do you most love? What do you most love about the Christmas season, Miss Rain? What's yeah, your, I, what's your everything. Everything. I love, for me, I love the, the gift of giving. Okay. Oh, I thought you were telling me I was off again. I'm like, okay, I give up. That, it, <laughs> that is a horrible joke, Dr. Kevin. It wasn't a joke. It was me going, everything. I just love everything. I <laughs> everything do. I, I, love I, it. I love it. I love the gift of giving. You know, there's nothing more exciting than giving. I mean, you just, you, especially when someone's not expecting it. You know, you've thought of someone who would never in a million years think you're thinking of them. That is the best feeling in the world to me. It, you, you know, you just made me think of a of a fun thing that we could have done to you, and I wish I had thought about it before, but I should have told Dr. Kevin is like, we should have a signal that when we give it to each other, he and I both just freeze. So you think that you're- Oh, very again. funny, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're going to make me go to Century League and become like <laughs> somebody they don't want to ever see. Hey, it's all about giving. You're just going to give him a hard time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, what I'm going to, they're going to be giving me a sentence is what would be happening if I get there. <laughs> so, Almer, what do you most love about the Christmas season? Mr. Um, Grinch. 
Yes, yes. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess it's the connection. You know, people seem to come together. Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys yeah. are a riot. <laughs> I think he was being serious right I, now. I, I was, but it was a good pun. <laughs> I wish I had done it on purpose. <laughs> um, it was, yeah, seriously, the, the, the connection with... Uh, with the family and friends of, you know, around the time people too, like with the gift giving, you know, thinking and connecting with people on a different level. And um, although the gift giving for me can be a kind of a two-edged sword, it's like, um, you know, I, I worry about, well, if someone's giving me a gift and do I have to figure out what to, to give them? And so that part of it, I don't really enjoy mm-hmm. of like, you know, the expectations of like, oh, well, someone gave me something. So now I didn't think about it. So now do I have to go give them a gift, you know, <laughs> kind of thing thank you is a gift that's the thing sometimes we have to learn to give without the expect the expectation or we have to learn to receive without the expectation of giving something in return because I receive stuff and that that's taken me a long time to understand because I've always been told somebody gives you something you have to give them something back and a lot of times that's not true someone just actually thought about you yep and the other thing I love and I don't do it as often is in, in, in New England, at least in the winter around this time, you know, it's great to like, you know, have a fire going, sitting in front of it, drinking some hot cocoa. Yeah. Well, that again is another jab at me. Elmer, <laughs> you know, I think I want to go back to Dr. Kevin, whatever it was he was saying. I'm not sure what's happening with you and I. <laughs> hey, my fireplace is working. I, I got a hot fire going. Um, yeah, we don't need that. It's your turn, Dr. Kevin. I love to watch people that um, when I uh, when I do give them something at Chris, that when they when they realize like I really thought about it. I don't give money unless you know like in in past like when my nephews and nieces were little and they were getting a ton of toys i'd give them savings bonds but so like you uncle kevin then at 18 or 19 when they cashed them in and bought a car or or bought books for school they were like oh thank you uncle kevin (laughs) but you know outside of that it's like when i go out of my way and i find just unique something that says to that person i know you I, you know, and when I, I love watching the look on their face when that happens, I love, I love having somebody realize that that is there. And there are people some years that get gifts from me that don't get gifts from me a a following year, because sometimes I just run across something and it's like, I don't have a hard and fast gift list. This is, I knew I, I saw this and I thought of you. And so I got it. Exactly. Or, or I made it or whatever. So anyways. So I was going to go into a live, but with us starting a little late like this, I think that we probably should introduce our guest, who is our gift to our audience this, this week. We are giving our guest, get our, our audience the gift of a <laughs> talented, a multi-talented uh, photographer. He is currently working, actually, uh, uh, he's a director uh, 
for Edinburgh Beauty and Fashion Event. He shared with us, which I'm anxious to hear about, a new documentary that he worked on all day today. Uh, and he was uh, born in New York's Culture Center of Harlem, raised in the South Bronx, and he began shooting professionally in 2012. I'm going to not read all of these things about him. Um, I do want to mention that he has championed and adopted the photo series Black Models Matter, covering models of color backstage and celebrating the community and range of beauties in all shapes, cultures, and skin tones, but especially focused on Black, Latinx, trans, and gender non-conforming models. Um, we've got some fabulous work of his that is on our pod cast Facebook page and we want to welcome him in now. Uh, we want to Paul <laughs> more John. Uh, yeah. Uh, help me with the last name. What? Mordejon. Uh, Sorry, my Siri overspoke you. Oh, Mordejon. no problem. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Mordejon, yeah. I will guaranteedly call you Paul for the rest <laughs> of the, the, the show. <laughs> Okay, a little practice. It'll it's it's uh, no problem. Paul's Paul works. Paul so works. we like we like sometimes we like to bring in what we talked about uh, on our introduction to to the guests. So I'll I don't know if Dr. Kevin was planning on doing this, but I'm going to jump in and I want to do this with you, Paul. <gasps> what is making you feel like uh, <laughs> that you're laughing, loving, and alive uh, during the holiday season? Um, I think the simplest things is just kind of having um, the presence of mind right now to just uh, enjoy connecting with my friends on phone calls. Um, I have a very small collection of friends, like a group that I see, and they're all just like very spiritually sound and like very supportive. So it's really kind of the, uh, the basics of like um, human connection, I think is like what's getting me through the entire time. And it isn't different now, uh, just as, uh, you know, it's harder because I miss my family. I can't see them. I can't see large groups. We can't really, you know, uh, do that type of, um, of connection. So the fact that I do have a small group that I really do. Oh, I was afraid that was coming. His video uh, had frozen. It wasn't me. But we could still hear him. <laughs> but it's, yeah, yeah, it was his video. Now we will, I can't hear him at all. Yeah. Paul, come we, back to uh, us. Uh, oh, th there he is. There we go. We're taking um, turns. It's a, <laughs> it's, a, it's a people of color thing tonight. I'm just not. <laughs> he was just doing, he was just doing his interpretation of Frozen on Broadway. That's uh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so um, it is about like connection, clearly. <laughs> and we miss it when we don't have it. Right. So that's what's making me kind of keeping me uh, laughing, loving, alive. There's enough like comedy. My friends are hilarious and they go through, you know, the kind of uh, emotional things that we all go through with relationships and with people and with friends and with work and, and uh, managing uh, the time of being alone and, and how to like survive your, keep your soul alive in this time. So I think that's been the, uh, the thing that's kept me most uh, connected and happy. So you talked about a, um, uh, you know, that 
these were people that were part of your spiritual community. And it's always a very interesting time of year because it seems in a time of uh, it's meant to be of generosity and loving that people just sometimes get all stuck up in their grill about the spiritual aspect as if we all have to have one kind of, of spiritual aspect to this holiday. When every major religion and every major belief system has something they celebrate at this time of year. When you say the spiritual connection, could you relate a little more on that? Yeah, and I think um, that's been the journey of this entire time since March. Uh, it has been an exploration of the different ways to connect with your own power and uh, a universal power. So you could think of it as like the universe or as Allah or God or Jesus or, you know, the many iterations. So I think like when I'm talking about spirituality, I guess I'm just saying like love, you know, that energy that is love and what is like that, what form does it take? Uh, what does it mean for different people? And how do we share that? And it really can, it's not about like a specific organized religion necessarily or like rituals, but sometimes practices like prayer, meditation and, um, and sharing and being authentic and being honest and, uh, and creation, making yourself connected to it, knowing what that means for you. Um, I think that is spiritual uh, to me. And certainly like for me, it's a, a conversation with God that like has become more meaningful and deeper uh, and, and more sustaining through my life, but especially now with uh, a lot of time to kind of consider, you know, what is my spiritual practice and how do I sustain myself and how do I find um, who, is in, who is in my life and, you know, are they helping me grow and sustain that? I, so. I think that it's, I think it's so important at this time that, you know, I, my, my running joke this time of year is always, everybody, happy, merry, ho-ho. That's my greeting. <laughs> Just happy, merry, ho-ho. Two people get a little offended me and, and, you know, and I always go, you know what? You were just running around looking to get offended. I'm glad I could fulfill your, your, I'm okay with that. Bye. Um, with everybody else, it's like, keep the joy. Because if there's any place that you're going to find spirit hanging out, having a good time, kicking back a couple of margaritas, it's right in the house or what. <laughs> but so that's why I was curious, because your your work strikes me as very visionary and very actually spirit inspired in a way. Would Thanks. you say that's true? I think I, I don't I don't think I had those words at the time, but I think over the course of this year in this time, um, I certainly have like understood that I've been given gifts and that my voice and my art and uh, how I create is meant to celebrate a community I'm a part of. And, you know, the visionary part, I certainly think is like it's up to interpretation, but I do have a vision of celebrating um, this community that I that I love and that I grew up in that I want to celebrate in, in so many ways. So including photography uh, and film and telling stories and being kind of authentic to the experience of, of growing up uh, in that. So yeah, I mean, I appreciate the visionary part. It feels like it has like a lot of like uh, weight to it and I certainly appreciate it. I, 
I don't know that I'm, you know, owning that yet, but I, I may grow into that. Well, you know, expanding an opportunity to to really see beauty, to see the see see this kind of beauty that I saw in the pictures where it was striking and it was unique and it was individual and it was uh, and I felt like when I looked at it that the 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 few pictures I saw and I didn't get a chance to go and research you fully I I will admit that was, what, what rain put together was what I want what I looked at yeah if you want to pull up or any photos, feel free. Like, but I do think, like, yeah, I think I understand what you're saying, um, and I'm grateful for that uh, because, like, when I I do work with um, amazing stylists and amazing people and different. Uh, this this young man that one before, his name is Amir Harris, and he's he's an incredible young talent, and he was I think maybe nine or ten here, but he just had such a presence and like. You know, we were able to create this photo, uh, not because of the palm leaf or the outfit or the hat or the backdrop, it's because of what he brought to it. And, you know, anybody else could wear that and not be able to kind of um, to give you that. So I'm grateful I can capture it. I do feel like I'm helping, uh, I'm helping people express something that is inside them. And, and it may look like something they've never seen before. And that to me is the beautiful kind of act of creation. Um, in these photos. Yeah, well, and that's what I was I was seeing was it seemed as if you were able to touch a piece of their essence and have it come forward in the photo. Um, and, you know, when we connect, yeah. I, I love this, when we can connect with someone that we perceive as other than us, it makes yeah. us, it makes them less other. It makes them more us and less them. That's this one of my favorites. Love. Yeah, I love this one. And I apologize Can to our us? audience. There's probably a better way yeah, for me to portray this. You know, uh, you know the, the control of like media and all the, uh, I think. the visuals, you know, from the magazines, to TV, to storytelling, you know, doesn't always celebrate or portray black, brown bodies, different bodies in ways that are, you know, maintain integrity and respect uh, the beauty and the uh, the wholeness of being that. I think, you know, I'm, I'm grateful that I can work with these artists. And, you know, I, I recently uh, was just very, you know, grateful to have an opportunity to become creative director for a magazine uh, that has been going on since about a March or April, started during COVID. And so we launched a magazine during COVID with my partner and the founder and editor, Musa Jackson. So he gave me an opportunity. He saw in me what you're saying. He saw my talent, my vision and, and the, creative, um, the creative journey I was on. And he gave me an opportunity to, to be a part of his, his, you know, his idea which was to create a magazine. Is that, that this one here? Yeah, Ambassador Magazine. Yeah, I just launched this year. So, and you know, these covers that I've shot that I'm sharing here are all expressions of that, that journey. 
So people, people actually so, do walk in, whether they're famous or not, with um, some idea of who they are. And I think, you know, I, I, my gift, in addition to having visual, um, the visual kind of ideas of what I think I can see visually is like, I also, I know that I have the gift of making it safe to express that. There's Marcus. Yeah, that's Marcus Emerson. And yeah, like it's, it's you know, and his wife is, it's a beautiful, beautiful photo. Um, and they're both incredible people in their own rights and the power and the shared energy between them is very evident that they are both like incredibly uh, smart, focused, you know, beautiful people who have done, you know, great things with what they were given, the gifts they were given. Um, and they're raising a beautiful family. And this was a, a moment to kind of just celebrate that. I love Marcus and I love Leon. Marcus and I met when I was in Aspen a couple of years ago for the Food and Wine Festival. And he's such a good sport. And he, you know, he was like in the, they did a, um, I think it was a 10K and he was a good sport about it. He was really fun and funny and he's an incredible chef, incredible. And then Leon, um, also from the Bronx like me, we crossed paths many, many years ago. And so when I saw you capture those people, I was like, oh, you know what? Let me give Paul a call because you know that's when I remembered you from New York Fashion Week a couple of years ago. And I said, I'm gonna call him and shamelessly tell him I want him on the show and shamelessly see how we can kind of do some things together. Because, I mean, it, it's so beautiful the way you capture the people that I too admire. Yeah. And, you know, the Elmer and Dr. Kevin know I'm, I'm a shameless beggar. I don't care. <laughs> I mean, uh, I think you, you reached out and, you know, the, the connection was there already. So I appreciate it. So thank you. Uh, uh, it's an interesting um, that these people basically saw and and wanted you involved with this magazine, and I, and then you know I'm basically saying parallels to what they were seeing, same thing to what they were seeing about you. What? in your mind, the block of you fully stepping in and owning it. What, what did you say, sorry, before that? What, what, what block? Well, yeah, what is your block to stepping in and owning your fabulousness? <laughs> I mean, well, all right, that's definitely a work in progress, but I definitely have become more uh, self-assured in my skills and I certainly like in the beginning I wasn't in full ownership and possession of what uh, the gifts I've been given, even to the point where I didn't feel competent uh, or that I maybe, you know, shouldn't be in this room or that these people were so amazing. And that was early in my career. So I worked through all that um, with uh, therapy and with, you know, relationships with myself and relationships with my, with my friends. And so that was really a thing to kind of a journey I went on of, um, of not owning your gifts and, uh, and, you know, the doubts that you kind of feel like you might be, you know, you might've just been lucky to get in here and not really have earned it. Or maybe you did get lucky and, you know, you are starting out. So maybe you, you haven't really earned it yet in the sense that you have a collection of photos that you can show and say, but in the beginning, you're just hungry. And so you just want to be in the room. Um, 
So you do the work and you build up that, that, uh, that portfolio. And so I think like, you know, we all maybe at some degree, to some degree or other went through that, but I know my, my specific kind of way to get there was just to keep um, thinking about the art and putting myself behind that. Uh, so only focus on like what I could do with the camera. And I really wasn't about self-promotion and talking about my work. I wanted the work to talk for itself. So, you know, really this is the first time I remember kind of really talking about the work in um, on, a, on a video series. I was interviewed for a magazine one um, and I was still like kind of processing things. So, you know, I think like my, my vision, my journey, my, my gift and the, uh, what God has given me to, to share is owned in a way that I wasn't able to before. And I don't think I would have done it without having this time, having this magazine, having these friends, having the uh, support of people who saw in me uh, what I was not allowing myself to take on, maybe because of uh, thinking about it not being humble or that's not what you know um, I'm here on earth to do. Like, I don't wanna be you know, in the spotlight. I do not need to be um, in front of the camera. I love being behind the camera. But now I've kind of learned that what I get out of um, doing my documentaries, my films, my, my interviews, my photos, is that exchange of people's uh, energy and their story and kind of creating a space to like allow authenticity and, and also let you, you know, let your guard down and become somebody else, transform, like find that king, find that queen energy, find that prince energy, that you know, prince energy, like let that out. And, and for that moment, celebrate it in a photo that you can, you know, you can look at and be like, that was a moment in time for me. So I now realize like, well, I'm, you know, my journey may not be very different than others' journeys, other journeys, but I would have loved to have heard this word um, when I was going through it and having the doubts and not feeling like, you know, oh my God, I'm with someone who's won a Tony or somebody who's like won a, 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 a big award, has been on stage, has been on like, you know, a big uh, film or TV star. And I'm like, you know, the, the confidence to walk in or Marcus, you know, Marcus Samuelson's like an amazing presence. Like he's a, he's a brand and industry and he and his wife are this incredibly powerful um, presence. And so by the time I got to that, I didn't have those issues. I walked in, you know, owning my, you know, my gifts and owning my, what I do and how I do it. And I was in no doubt of what I was gonna do for them with photos. So it kind of was beautiful to have that happen at that moment uh, during COVID. I don't know if that answered the question or not, but that was, that was the journey. And there were many like moments of doubt and many moments of like, oh my God, like, what am I doing here? Like, you know, even with fashion week. So yeah, I went to fashion week and I was sent um, and I had never been to fashion week, but I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I mean, of course I'd love to do it. And I loved the energy there. And I was in backstage and that's where all the magic happens. It's like, you're putting on this show that's 20 minutes long, but you've prepared for it for four months. And in 20 minutes, it'll all be over. But for those, for those 20 minutes and for the hours before, there is no more, you can't have more energy in a room. It would burst, you know, without, um, you know, with one more thing added. So it's like creators doing hair and makeup. And you know, you know what it's like, like when you, when we did the fashion show where you were at, it's that energy is in the room and it's like, you know, you really feel like it's opening night for your, the thing you've been rehearsing for months. And it's, uh, 
it's just it fills you with like such life so I, me being there I just love the energy and I was like into it but at the same time I was like I've never done this I really wasn't sure like you know if I what, what I shoot would be you know worthwhile usable but I did I did it and, it and it kind of led to a whole career and I just kept doing it because I loved the energy exchange that happened in that room so one of the I guess that's how it is you know uh, one of the one of the reasons why I asked question, and you know, I for a couple of years I actually had a show that I hosted called Dragon Unicorns and Other Creative Creatures, and it was about by and for artists and uber creatives, and we make the journey for artistic people so difficult, and you know it, we tie it up as if the value in the artist is the value that is perceived uh, by the the person who is seeing the art and sometimes that creative process you know that things that are truly stunning are stunning in the wrong era or at the wrong time the wrong moment of history or 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 the wrong set of eyes are looking at it because it's not for them and I wanted you to share what you shared because I know in our viewing audience tonight that there are creators out there that struggle as you struggled. And, and I think it's so important for those of us that are creatives to say, all you have to do has confidence or ability to create and know that it will be seen at the right time by the right people. And it doesn't, it, it's not about the people who can't see it or aren't in the right place in that moment. It is not an assessment of your ability. And that's why standing, standing powerfully in that creative and moving it out, like when you walked into that room with those people, uh, Marcus uh, uh, and his wife, who I'm sorry, the name has slipped me, um, but that My. you knew you were a, your own tour de force. And, and that's a very important message that famous or not famous, you can be a creative tour de force, your time will come. Does that make sense? Yeah, it absolutely does. And, you know, like, you know, um, they, they, there's a great saying, of, you know, that my God's always on time. You know, you kind yeah. of just know the energy is going to kind of like meet you, meet you when you're ready. And like, for me, this is my time. And it has been such a great place to like have gone through this journey and learned how to like put down multi parts of it for what I need to do uh, promotionally and branding wise, but also know that like I am much more than just a person who takes photos and I am, I am everything without a camera. I'm still an amazing human being that has a lot of things to offer besides what I can do with a camera. It's just that that gift with the camera is what I would consider a blessing that I just would never um, take for granted anymore. So, you know, I want to always do it, but, you know, life is funny and, you know, the world shut down. So anything's possible. Um, you know, if I couldn't take another photo, I would still, I'm grateful that I've been through this journey of putting down my ego to know that like, I am a, a worthwhile, worthy person of many amazing things, even without a camera in my hand. And that, that creative mind, that spirit that drives that energy exchange happens without anything happening in the room except storytelling, sharing, exchanging ideas. And I think that's really kind of like what I found is the medium can change. Um, 
but the gift is uh, is present. You know, like I can I can film now. I can direct. I don't even need a camera in my hands, and I can create those moments in a film without having to worry about necessarily holding the the camera or telling you know or doing just kind of letting my vision and letting that gift come through. So it definitely has been a uh, a pretty incredible journey this year so far. So. You know, Paul, I'm I'm sorry. Can is is that Dr. Kevin or? But I, I go ahead and ah, I've, I've been hogging the interview. I've got That's a couple okay. more questions. I got a couple more questions, I, but go ahead, Rain. Okay. Well, you know, Paul, I just want you to know the reason that I called you to shamelessly beg. Um, not so much that you were a photographer or that I saw your stuff on something, but you were, you know, there were hundreds of photographers there, correct? Yeah, there were. Yeah, hundreds. And just something about your spirit. I mean, they all come back and some of them are pushy and some of them are obnoxious and some of them are just like, oh, I'm just here to do a job. But you didn't have that. I mean, there were survivors there 30 and under that you were getting ready to do shots of. I mean, I didn't know if you were or weren't, but you introduced yourself and your smile was warm. And I thought there's someone just like me because, you know, I had those same issues where people make me feel like my talent isn't as great as theirs when I walked in a room. And I was thinking, Mm. again, am I just lucky or is this a chance happening? Or, you know, is that, does that person work harder than I do? You know, why am I here? Why'd they call me here? So over the years, that's how I became a shameless beggar because I'm not afraid to ask for money or things to help other people, but I will not ask for myself because I don't think, I never thought the value was there. And years ago, someone's like, you have a gift, you know, the way you sing. And they're like, you got to share that with the world. That's not for you to keep, that's to go out and share. And as a result, I started shameless begging saying, look, I want to perform here. I want to do this. Look, I want to be on the cover of the magazine. Look, I want to be here. And the timing started becoming right. And, you know, when I met you, Mm -hmm. that's been a couple of years, but I knew right then and there when I saw your work, when I saw Leon on the cover, I was like, oh, wait, first of all, I love Leon. I've always loved him as an actor. But when I saw your, huh? Is that you, Elmer? He's an incredible spirit. He he carries that energy. Yeah. Yeah. And I knew you'd be the one for that. He's an incredible spirit. So that's why I wanted you here because I knew Dr. Kevin was going to, you know, pick the nitty gritty and make sure he got down to who you really are. And I, I've learned a lot, actually, because of this tonight. Um, Dr. Kevin, what other questions are you going to ask him so I can learn some more? <laughs> I'm the person they warned you about, Paul. Uh, <laughs> yeah, when, when, thank you. When she when she said that I was going to talk gear off, that's why she laughed. Because okay. usually it's, it's Dr. Kevin, and I'm the quietest one out of the bunch. Yeah. So, Paul, tell us about. So, <laughs> I have to tell you this before I ask this question. So, I actually have a, a workshop I've developed that I teach called "Everything You Need to Know About Life You Can Learn Through a Broadway Musical." Oh, awesome! True, in fact. And I've taken songs from the 1920s all the way to current productions to teach spiritual life lessons from because spiritual teacher is one of the things I do. So saying that, when you told me about your documentary, of course, it made my Christmas lights go on and blink more. (laughs) It made my lights blow. Good. I'm glad. glad. So. 
tell me about this documentary that you're doing. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, so, you know, I, I grew up as uh, a young kid in Harlem watching musicals like on TV, you know, I couldn't really, my parents were immigrants. I grew up in the seventies in Harlem. It was definitely like, you know, struggling times and, and loving times, but like, you know, there were not a lot of kind of like, um, there's not a, lot, not a lot of money around for the arts in terms of a Broadway show. So I would always see commercials for like Dream Girls or whatever, or, um, you know, Amos Behaving or, or Cats, everything. Like I would see these commercials and be like, oh, those look like magical, amazing things, pieces of art. Like, what is that? Like the music and everything looks so fantastic. And then um, as a kid, I would watch PBS and see the musicals from the 20s and 30s and 40s or for, from the 30s and 40s and 50s, like, and watch these musicals and like really be kind of, you know, escape what it is like, just like, you know, a regular, like not that exciting life, although it was fun. Um, and so I've always been attached to music and musicals as a way of um, uplifting the soul and reflecting um, people's journeys and their overcoming obstacles. And, and typically like that's a, a standard musical, like, you know, has a journey, character's journey to overcome something either, you know, internally through changes they make or with support of their friends or people um, doing it. So cut to me being, you know, an adult now, I've got a career. I built a whole career in technology. I was like pro leading programmers and engineers and working on designs. And so my background's entirely like, wouldn't, does not look like my per It's really kind of in a, in a other side of the brain, they would say, although it's just the same brain. I still wasn't doing artistic per se work, but I always loved Broadway. I always loved soft theater. So when, when this happened, COVID uh, shut down Broadway, yeah, I was at that point, um, I was blessed to be working with a, a, a Broadway star now. I think he's, he, he is a legend. He's got an amazing uh, uh, career and, and uh, Leslie Odom Jr. So I, connect, I was connected with him through a stylist and we connected as individuals as that same energy, I think that, you know, you're talking about Rain. So, you know, yeah. I just started to kind of become connected to that that world of artists and people who perform on stage on Broadway for a living and specifically the black and brown community on Broadway like that. Like I live uptown, I live in Harlem. Uh, many, many, many of the performers who are on stage uh, in many shows are living uptown or in the Bronx. And so, you know, there's a community up here that's very strong. And I was able to connect with that community and start to like, just work with them. And and then this happened. Uh, he froze. And again. everybody, you know, is in shock. You know, quarantining, whatever. Am I back? Now you're back. Mm -hmm. <sighs> All right. So everything, everything shut down, and now we have like people who are who cannot do their, who can't give you the joy, and can't fulfill their purpose in the same way. Um, and that, that journey is also, everything slowed down. So I, I would have conversations with some of them. Some folks have these great, these kind of conversations about what are you doing with your time? What are you doing with your, your mind? What are you doing with your body? How is your spiritual connection? Like, what is it, what does it mean? How does it, how are you being sustained in a spiritual way? Um, and having all this time. So 
I just realized like there's a story here that I wanted to capture for myself. And I figured, oh, I do like three people, four people and just kind of, you know, call it a day and that's good. As I did uh, the interviews and I got amazing stories of, of uh, reflection and, and uh, struggle and pain and, um, you know, and then, and I really feel like, you know, the most, uh, one of the more painful things about um, COVID and disrespectful, I think, is that the arts have been treated as like something that is disposable or that um, mm -hmm. isn't, isn't worth supporting financially outside of the way that it normally would happen with people buying tickets or buying going to movies or, and you know, and I think like it's such an insult to the workers, to the people who make costumes, people who work on sets, producers, directors, and the artists who are on stage um, that I, you know, I find it like really kind of disrespectful that like it's not um, supported. And so, you know, all of us got through COVID, I think, spiritually with music, by watching shows, by reading books, by by consuming the the output of artists, you know, and these are the ones, these are the people who are not being supported. So it was pretty awful to see the devastation in the uh, Uptown Arts community that more than half of them had to leave because, you know, you're not working. So, you know, it's not like everyone's a star in a show. They might be in the company and they may not be able to stay in New York. And so, you know, there's a lot of like uh, hard realities that had to be faced. I wanted to help capture that moment in time and honor those stories with um, an interview, a performance, and then a meditative kind of exploration of how did you make it to where you are? What does your present feel like? And what does that mean for your future? Because there's a lot of uh, changes that are happening on Broadway, the same systemic racism, the same um, tools of oppression, the same lack of ownership or lack of respect for the integrity of black, brown bodies and, and the way um, the way they're portrayed and the way they're, they're compensated uh, is all over Broadway. And I, I wanted to create a space to talk about that. So the documentary really covers um, for any given artist, where were they in March on, on the March 12th when everything shut down? Where were you? Who told you? How did you find out about this? And how did it impact you at the time? And now with some perspective, what was your journey like since then? And I think that's um, that's a worthy story to tell and an important um, important community to, do to document uh, because things will never, things were not healthy, but they were called normal. And so now when, with perspective and with advocacy and with you know, making noise, things hopefully will become better, but this is a pivotal change for how this community, how we, take up space, make noise, demand, and want the ownership and integrity in our storytelling. So when uh, is this documentary coming out and where can we see it? That's a great question. That I, I actually have, <laughs> I, have I have been so like, part of my spiritual practice is living in the present and not letting the anxiety of, of the future kind of hang over me because a lot of my anxiety in my journey up until this point was based in like the future and how do I get to this next thing and how do I do this like in like how can I operate now to do the thing that like a lot of anxiety about that so right now I'm just grateful to be filming in the present having ideas about shoot dates that I want to have but only worrying about them when I'm ready and so I shoot once a month twice a month 
and it's been consistent since July. So I've had have an amazing collection of people who I've interviewed, and I don't see it. Um, I don't think the story is over. I'll feel it when the story's been captured, but it's still evolving. You know, Broadway's now back until September officially, and I don't know that that's actually um, a, an economic reality to have half 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 houses or quarter houses. So you know, until like Broadway can sustain itself with full houses again, um, the experience you know, will be diminished possibly and, and may not be something people are gonna be rushing to. So the producers and everybody who's actually like worrying about this, I think, you know, they're waiting for a full green light, not an orange light um, to go back to do the work of providing entertainment and having probably houses full again. So, you know, while we're going through this, I'm just grateful that I have, I have an amazing connection to this community to continue to record stories uh, can you hear me? Yep. To continue to record stories. So I, I would hope that I want to have it come out by the time Broadway fully reopens. And that is a moving target. And that is a something that I, I don't have an answer to. The, um, I don't know if you, how much you're connected to the Broadway community. I'm curious as to why um, they haven't done uh, more, uh, I don't know if you recently saw uh, the West Wing um, did a you know special um, reenactment of one of their episodes, um, and they did it on a Broadway okay. stage and they filmed it and then released that film. And so I'm just I'm surprised that you know um, Broadway hadn't figured out a way of not necessarily maybe putting out the shows that they're currently trying to run on Broadway, but finding something that they could have the without an audience still tape it and still get it out there so people are you know engaged and working and and whatnot yeah and I, I think you know i think that that is happening you know it may not be getting the publicity or the platforms aren't kind of you know onto like mainstream media but there have been amazing uh one person shows and ensemble shows restaging of shows uh reading so there have been like a, a lot of people with uh creative juices who have lent their their time and effort, either for fundraising or to support themselves support themselves in the arts. So I think you know it's happening. It's just you know you 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 can you can watch Hamilton on Disney, right? But would you want to watch Hamilton at a table reading? You know, or if you can't see the whole thing, like you know, it's not the entire experience. So I think you know plays and cabarets and musical kind of pastiche or like a way of like having you know people singing is fine, but a full musical experience is, is very hard to pull off um, without a live audience, without all the trappings of sets and designs. You can definitely do amazing plays. And I've seen some amazing plays done um, by incredible artists. And there's even one happening tonight, um, you know, that's being staged. So there's a lot of, uh, a lot of great, great uh, folks doing great work. It's just, you know, it's, it's, um, it's what you do in the meantime um, right now, because Everybody wants to get back to work. Everybody wants to be back in the community of creatives. And that energy that I was talking about, you know, at Fashion Week, that can be every night, you know, at a Broadway house yeah. um, because you're coming together to do something incredible. And it's like, a, it can be like an opening night every night with the energy in the room. So I do think there's, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a difficult road. And, and you know, and the, the arts needs like a lot more support. So I hope that, um, I hope that everybody can just kind of like, 
figure out ways to support the arts by buying tickets, by supporting the artists, by cash apping their favorite artists. Like, you know, just, it is just what it is. Like right now, they, you know, they're relying on us um, and we have to figure out ways to support. And I, we could probably talk another hour or so, but we are actually coming up. We only have two minutes left. So oh, Rain, okay. do you want to talk about who the next guest is? We are the next guest. We're ending the show. Me and you and Dr. Kevin. Uh, so the final show of the year will be the three of us. Uh, that should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. We're a lively group. <laughs> right. Olive. I'm going to tune in to see how the, sweat, the uh, scarf turns out. <laughs> I'm hoping by that point I'll be on to another scarf because somebody is going to get a Christmas Beatles this year. Um, I got to have this one done and another one started by then. Uh <laughs> so, uh, Paul, before we, uh, um, I play us out, um, is there any last words? We got about a minute or so. Any last words you want to say to the, to the audience? I, I just hope everyone kind of uses this time to continue their spiritual journeys, whatever that means for you. And, um, and, you know, I think walking through your fears is the healthiest thing you can do. So I've talked about a few of mine. And I hope that everyone kind of uses this time because this won't ever be, uh, this won't ever happen again for our generation where we're, we're like shocked about having to stay inside, shutting down restaurants, shutting down Broadway. It could be a dinosaur or a meteor. And if this is what we got to do, we got to do this. So let's kind of like use this time to, um, to build ourselves up, to connect with our communities and support each other as artists, as human beings. Cause I feel like that's where, um, that's where the learnings and the gifts of this time has come. And let's kind of like not, not lose sight of that when things, go back to whatever is the new normal. Um, you know, we need this, we need these connections to, to survive that as well. For a hundred years, for more than a hundred years, Broadway has been at the cutting edge of sending out where this country is headed, where headed as people. It has challenged us. It has made us question our humanity and the way that we see the world. It, it has expanded us. Uh, I know that it's going to continue to do so. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing the kind of creative content and messaging that comes out from Broadway post-COVID post about where are we now and where are we going? Because Broadway has led the way yeah. Uh, in cultural change for over a hundred years. I would expect it to be doing the same thing for the next hundred. Paul, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we'll get you all.